0: Today's guest is a problem solver for some of the hospitality industry's most challenging problems. With over 20 years of technology experience, she creates innovative experiences for guests and travelers. She's a frequent writer who drives discussions on crucial industry topics, and she is the travel and hospitality industry advisor at Salesforce, which I'm sure all of you have heard of. Ladies and gentlemen, Jackie Nunley, welcome, Jackie.
1: Thank you, Dan Ryan. It's really good to be here. Thank you so much for having me on Defining Hospitality.
0: Well, I, from the first moment I met you, which was probably, was it just a year ago or a year and a half ago? It was almost a year ago, right, at ILC in Los Angeles? Yep. I remember um, you and I kind of broke away from the pack and had some really engaging conversations, just because like you're a tech person. I don't know anything about tech. I know enough to like do a podcast and I know enough to like make my phones and computers work, but I consider myself a Luddite. And with the advent of all this AI stuff, and it was like kind of a little bit more scary last year than it is now, because I think I understand a little bit more. It's still scary and a lot of change. But I just remember having such a really wonderful and engaging conversation with you. And it left me wanting to learn more and i knew that it would resonate with all of the guests so i just want to say thank you for your time and um investment in time for coming here to to tell your story
1: thank you well um you're very welcome first of all and thank you for having me i think that uh you know you pointing back to the engaging conversations that we had um that really kind of made me look at things a little bit differently. Um, And it, it was engaging from the point of view that I had to engage my empathy and also, you know, other aspects of what we do in hospitality to be able to have this really meaningful exchange with you and I, and ever since then, I've thought, A lot about it so the advent of AI coming in um, was a very interesting turning point that I think brought your point of view and my point of view together and you know I've continued to refine it in a way where the human aspect plays such an important part versus the just the technology doing a thing for the sake of doing a thing Mm. and I have such good insights from that, I can't wait for our next, let's break away and talk about this conversation.
0: Oh, well, well. hopefully we'll get to to jump into it a little bit today, yeah. mm-hmm. um, if that was what you were hoping for, because like the future is now, right, yeah. so, so here we are. But bef- before we get into that, as it, I've always been amazed at this intersection of technology and hospitality, um, because oftentimes I feel like hospitality is such a human connection point, but technology does play an important role. And outside of this conversation that we're going to have right now, I also hear, although I'm not really heavily involved in the operations of hotel or guest experience, um, that within the hotel industry, like me, it's a bit of a Luddite when it comes to um, in implementing hospitality or implementing technology because everything is so fragmented and well I actually don't know why I hear all these different issues but I'm sure you could enlighten us so before we get into the tech part of being how do you bridge people and technology in this world of hospitality let's first start with like what does hospitality mean to you and then we can get into all that and I I just feel like I've been speaking too much anyway so it's your turn
1: (laughs) So what is hospitality to me? Um, how do I define hospitality? I think that, um, in this moment in time, uh, we're kind of like in no man's land. And, uh, the positive of that is that we are in a place where ourselves as travelers have changed. Um, our expectations have shifted. Um, we're in a place where hospitality from an operational perspective, um, has vast opportunities to get better. Um, we are at a point where technology itself is getting really smarter to be able to help, uh, hoteliers kind of deliver hospitality to us, you know, you and me travelers and others like us, but I don't think that there's a real way to define what hospitality is. I believe that we are in this creative void. So as new technology comes in and as people's expectations have changed, This presents an incredible opportunity to be able to not necessarily define what hospitality will be in the future, but refine what hospitality needs to be for people who are traveling today and staying in hotels or Airbnb's or are, you know, booking accommodation or trying to be inspired online on where to go next. It's just a really exciting time. I always feel like it's, you know, kind of like the birth of the internet and how that was and how it really affected everything that we do. I believe that this is truly a time for many industries, not just hospitality, but for many industries to really either refine or redefine what it is that they do and how they connect with their customers.
0: Hmm. I agree in the sense it is very turbulent and it's almost as if it's um, a new industrial revolution or a new technological revolution or evolution. Um, One of the things that struck me from, I don't remember if it was our first conversation or second conversation, it was the idea that, okay, as terrifying as this like nebulous idea of what AI is and large language models, ultimately, it's an extension of us, right? Because it's pulling of all of our words, our our needs, our desires, our um, language, our history, and it's, it's kind of putting it back to us and re- repackaging it and allowing us to move a bit faster. So thank you for sharing that part with me because i think it helped get my head around it but when you think about why it's exciting and re a time of like refocus reinvigoration reinvig- and and evolution like what excites you the most about that and and kind of where do you see the trajectory going as far as refining and redefining what we all do
1: well uh you know we, we just have to talk about, you know, this conversation that you and I had. And I think that that will give us the foundation to be able to kind of like talk about what you just asked. But it has a lot to do with why I'm so fascinated, uh, you know, with this era, but also with human minds. Mm. So you and I can, I listened to, to a lot of, you know, podcasts and academics who talk about the intersection between, you know, humanity and technology. And I can't remember who it was, but I listened to this gentleman talk about how human minds can like move in many, many domains. They can solve a lot of problems within many, many areas. So he kind of was pointing to the fact that, you know, the amount of information that you have, that I have, is really explosive. It's so incredibly wide-ranged. And, you know, think about it. You need that from moment to moment to moment. It's not static. So in essence, What makes you intelligent, you know, is your ability to be able to ignore most of the information that is available to you. And, um, we, we do this in a way that allows us to be able to bias our attention. But we're always, the gentleman put it in this way where we're always subject to this vulnerability that you've missed something and that bias is gonna turn out to be a prejudice. And he he talked to me about this, this human capability of being um, able to hone in on relevance realization and relevance is always what you can do as opposed to what it is that you're ignoring. So mm-hmm. across, you know, people, and how we've developed this way of being able to use all of that information, narrow it down to what we need and interact with each other in a way of, you know, kind of being conscious of curbing our being biased um, is, is really central to us. And this is what we talk about when, you know, people kind of like want to feel, you um, connected but the funny thing is this is what we're trying to give artificial intelligence hmm. and we've made a lot of progress um even though we're not a hundred percent there so when you take a step back and you look at that um, it's 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 extremely interesting we want to make things better And we have the technology to do so. We have to be conscious of the risks around bias and safety and privacy, et cetera. But we're onto something that is really exciting, at least to me, because it allows people to be able to get better at what they do. And that's really kind of like the focus of how technology can help people rather than hinder us.
0: Yeah, I, I really, I'm taken by how you said, like we as humans, it's basically our job to ignore what's not important to us, right? So, because that allows us to keep iterating and getting better and focus on what we need to do to to live life, to get our job done, to be a present part of a family or friend. It's ignoring, it's it's like, we're this algorithm that helps us filter out all the not important things. Yes. And, So that we can
1: focus on the important things, Um, it's, it's an ability to be able to filter out everything. Even as we are talking, there are some things that you're definitely picking up on, but there are some things that I'm saying that, you know, you pretty much don't care about. So Mm. it really is that capacity to be able to hone in on the things that are important, give your attention to those things. Um, and allow the rest to kind of like keep occurring right now both of us are sitting in rooms there's things going on you know to my to my left there might be things going on in the room you know where you are there's plenty of stuff going on but we're focused on each other and what we're talking about right now isn't that what we're trying to be able to do to be able to pay attention to the things that matter
0: yes i wholeheartedly believe that but but also there's a and and actually what you're saying is making me think about okay we all have only so many hours in a day we all have all this technology and all this input from radio to internet to email to tv and everything's competing for our for our time and Mm -hmm. our attention. And Mm -hmm. really, so what makes us human is how and why we focus on certain things, right? But I've also heard people say that, well, right now there's more information than the human has ever had to deal with coming at them. But I also think, I also push back on that a little bit because if I think about back when we had to go and find our own food and water I would say like just walking around outside they were in tune with as much or more information nuanced information that we probably wouldn't even recognize right now yeah so that they could they could eat and feed their families and and be safe right so i, I but again they have the same amount of time they're looking at all the same things it's not like they're turning off they just are choosing where to focus so that they could get the nourishment and and safety that they need. So I just think, and again, I think that that's all about where you're focusing, what the lens is focusing on. All right. So then as that comes back full circle around to hospitality, yep. How, what are some like really great examples of, of projects or initiatives that you've been involved in, in, in your tech career and at Salesforce now that help hoteliers or guests Focus on what's most important to them out of all of the information that's coming over their transom.
1: Well, um, there's so many tangible examples that I could use, but um, you know, the the unique thing about Salesforce is Salesforce's entry into travel and hospitality wasn't building a product and putting it out there. Um, Salesforce's approach was looking at the market and saying, okay, what does what? And where is there an opportunity that we can actually help? And I think that it was so clever. It was so smart because nobody had really uh, entered this space in the way that we did, where we live between the systems. Now we also have products that facilitate certain things, whether it's marketing service, you know, analytics and that sort of thing, but we're not opposed to connecting to systems that have been in our industry for the longest time that do a certain job and they do a certain job really well and be able to connect that to how the consumer has evolved. So I'm talking about the engagement layer. Nobody had really (laughs) paid attention to the engagement layer. How are you engaging with your customers at the speed of which your customers are evolving? And I think that that particular area is where what Salesforce really does best. Mm. Now, of course, it's always much better if you're using our products. Of course, Uh, but I have to, you know, I have to say being in this, you know, industry for over two decades, they still are products that do a really great job with regards to what it is that they're doing, but you have an engagement layer where your customers, whether those are partners, whether those are travelers, whether those are other businesses in hospitality, a way to engage that is connected to how the future is moving. So this is about making it easier for customers to understand their customers. And in order to do that, you really have to understand who is your customer's customer. That is the unique, you know, area in which we play and bring that understanding so that our customers can be successful.
0: Okay so this is where my my brain starts to lose track. So to, to, for for what you're saying is you're help you're kind of bridging the gap between systems, right?
1: Correct. Helping
0: helping the different systems focus, helping the people operating the business with the different systems focus on who their customer, the guest's customer is. So to me that's almost getting to a circular place. What do you mean by your customers customers?
1: So if you are running a typical brand or hotel business, Mm -hmm. um, your hotelier has the guest as a customer. Correct. Um, But your hotelier provides services to other areas as well. Think of a concierge. Mm -hmm. So the concierge recommends restaurants that are in the area. Do you understand? Now the partner becomes a customer as well. Understood. There's negotiations with regards to, you know, procurement. What do you have in your restaurant? What are you buying? What your supplies are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Those are customers as well. And this is the beauty of hospitality. It's layers deep. It's mm. not just on the surface. And many people misunderstand that. You know. Hospitality is the simple thing because I've stayed in a hotel or, you know, I've gotten on an airplane and now I understand travel and hospitality, but our hoteliers know it's layers deep. Think of a hotel management company. A hotel management company's customer is the owner and they have an allegiance to also ensure that brand standards are, you know, maintained and exceeded at times. So who's the hotel management company's customer? It's not just the guest, it's the brand, it's the owner or the investors, etc. And you do need uh, a way to be able to make it easier for them to serve those customers. And that's how your customer becomes successful. It's really looking at it holistically and driving the sort of pro- process improvements with solutions that make it easier for the user to be able to execute on their job, easier for the user to be able to communicate to their customers, and easier for the user to be able to measure their success.
0: And I would assume if you're measuring, then you can continually iterate and improve Absolutely. because the guest, like like how it started, we're in this no man's land of post-COVID hospitality like, what does it all mean? We're able to measure all of these things and then continue to bend the arc of our customers' needs or the guests or the hotels or all the other stakeholders yeah. uh, in a property. Right. So, so with this platform of Salesforce and then all, all the other tech, it was like, when I go to a lot of conferences, I just see a lot of people are complaining that the all of the tech platforms are just so fragmented and hospitality is always a decade behind everyone else number 1 or more maybe is there truth to that number 1 and even if there's a scintilla why is that why why is it so difficult for a, a hotel or a portfolio of hotels to kind of to evolve with technology like what is what is that roadblock and if i were to give you a magic wand how does it get fixed
1: Gosh, you're putting a lot of pressure on me. I I cannot save the world, but I'm going to try and answer your questions. (laughs) So, um, number one, it's true. Uh, hospitality is very fragmented, but, um, I'm going to point you to an area where we can talk about hospitality in itself needing to be fragmented. I mean, it's important to have some semblance of repeatability because that is what is going to drive your customer to come back because of a memorable experience. Right. It's the same with technology. If, you know, a piece of technology or a solution with technology is working, and is allowing you to be able to provide that service or that particular promise to a customer. That's when it gets difficult to un, kind of like uh, unlink the two, and that's the reason why it's it's you know known that hospitality companies are slow at actually moving to new technology or to adapting to new um, modernized solutions. It's simply because of if you look at the whole picture, taking it apart, I have this system that serves my customer A. I have this system that serves my customer B. I have this system that serves my customer C. You've got all of these systems doing what they're supposed to do. But the issue that came up a few years ago was well system one two and three don't talk to each other and now i have cross pollination of system one and two having to engage with each other in order for me to be successful so we had you know a whole 10 15 years of the whole integration piece and how expensive and difficult that was for a lot of hoteliers. So that's another reason why hoteliers don't necessarily want to move off of their technology. Mm. Now, the third angle around this problem that's existed for a while is not just the investment in new technology, but actually being able to prove that Because consumers have changed, there is a need to modernize the solutions. Why do you need to do that? It's because of this, uh, extensive range of different channels that your customers are talking to you through, Mm. where they're going to look for information as well, how they're comparing experiences as well. So if arm A doesn't know what arm B is doing, it makes it very difficult to keep that consistent, repeatable, you know, kind of flow that has worked for millennia for these hospitality customers. A fourth item is how these new brands, these boutique brands, these niche brands are coming into the fold, into the market and is resonating really well with consumers. So it's almost like, is there a need for a repeatable experience over and over again? Or are consumers looking for a different experience each time they travel? Hmm. It depends on age group. If you have kids, you probably want a repeatable experience when you go to a resort because that gives you a lot of comfort with regards to, you know what's going to happen and you know what to expect. Then there's this whole other genre that has started, which is I want to travel to destination X. This is the experience that I would like to have. Now here are all the options that I could choose from. And from day to day, I want to switch it up and do something different. It doesn't just stick to activities and options of what you can do. It's about how well connected are you with the community that your hotel or brand is in to be able to bring more of the outside in to satisfy that consumer who wants to travel via experiences and stay with hotels that are authentic, true to their community, Provide a lot of different things to be able to do, and are not typically what I expect. More like truly surprise me and delight me, but give me a different experience that is memorable.
0: So there was a couple there. (laughs) No, there's a lot there, and actually, I wrote down all four of those things because I to go back at it. Like I, you know, we all hear this word authentic which I think is a good word. Some people say it's overused, but I think it comes back to the first challenge of if you're doing so, if if you're repeating something and delighting people and getting return customers. Mm-hmm. In a way, I think the only way to really repeat do have a repeatable product or service is is through being authentic through your it's values driven. You can deliver on the same thing over and over and over and get people to come back, create raving fans. Yes. But at the same time there has to be some kind of an adaptability because all the stakeholders that you mentioned are all different, right?
1: Correct. So
0: which then gets into like the the genesis of the question it was like why is it so like why do i always hear that hotels have such a problem implementing new technology and i i heard from you there's vestigial vestigial vestig- systems that are whether, because I was just thinking about all the different systems that might be in a, in a, in a real asset of a hotel. There's, there's obviously like revenue management, property management, which I'm probably, I would interface mm-hmm. with the most. I don't touch all the other ones. There's probably a marketing arm. There's a point of sale. There's, I'm sure like some human capital type thing, like scheduling and payroll. Like how many different systems does a hotel have? And, How often, at what percentage of hotels are they all, do they all stay in different silos?
1: Well, it depends. Uh, uh, You know, to answer your first question, you know, how many systems does a hotel have? Think about this. Even within hospitality, we have so many different Mm subsegments. So, how many systems a hotel has when you're looking at the resort segment versus you're looking at an urban hotel? Versus you are looking at, you know, running a brand like Air- Airbnb, or you're looking at an OTA. And, you know, hospitality extends into, you know, cruise lines. It extends mm. into car rentals. It extends into pretty much everything. So that's a really difficult question to answer without honing in on a specific subsegment. Mm. Now
0: I yeah go and, with the, you know we
1: talked about all of these different um, systems you talked about a property management system now think about how many modules make up that property management system you've and, got and, sales, uh, so many you've got marketing you've got accounting you've got you know interfaces that kind of like figure out your key lock system etc You've got concierge, you've got front desk, etc. So even a system has systems within systems that keep the hotel running. So mm-hmm. the best way to actually look at this is, you know, what is guest facing, and how are you engaging with your guests versus what is operational, and how are you operating your hotel brand, or you know. Uh, kind of like range of different hotel brands together etc so it is a very complex um kind of like area of a focus and you can't replace just about everything well maybe mm-hmm. you can but i mean it it will take hospitalitarians a little while to be able to kind of like figure out how do you move and I like this part of the story. It's like, how do you move from legacy systems into modernized technology systems that allow you to be able to meet your objectives for the modern traveler, for the modern, you know, partner that you're working with, for the modern, you know, owner and you uh, know, kind of like investor for hospitality. I think that is the real crux of helping hoteliers move into systems that are going to help them get better at what it is that they do which is delivering hospitality
0: and i would also say to go back to the beginning of our conversation in as being a human and in this case delivering hospitality it's really important and the secret skill is probably at that moment in time, ignoring everything that's not important and focusing on what's most important.
1: There you are. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, how do you kind of like hone in on focusing on the most important things? But we have to be realistic here as well. You know, how much work does a general manager have to do before, you know, he can check that box of, okay, Today's been a good day. And I'm talking about these, you know, people who work in hospitality, who have things to run in order for the hotel to run.
0: Well, and that goes into really any operating business. Okay, yeah, we have all of the systems and all the machinery that make whatever company or operation work, but I would say, you know, speaking to general managers, they probably spend 70 to 75 to 85% of their time talking to their teams and their guests, because those are the most, most important things to grow leaders within there. Um, and this goes to any business, not just hotel. Yeah. But that's why th- that technology suite really needs to be kind of humming so that they could spend more time with humans.
1: Exactly. And doing what it is that we, you know, have set out to do, which is being hospitable. So typically what I do is, you know, I ask the question, how can I help you with your job? Mm. Because as long as I am helping you get better at what it is that you're doing, you're getting better at delivering what your promise is to the guest, to the traveler. How can I help this front desk agent become better at what they're doing? How can I free up the time of the general manager so that he can focus more on his team's, you know, needs and productivity? How can I help the housekeeper who might be, you know, working in a hotel that's short staffed? What tools can we provide to that particular department that would allow them to be a little bit more productive without marring them in the checks and balances. And I can go on and on and on within every single department. What are we doing to actually help the users deliver hospitality? And it's only through making what it is that they need to do that makes that magic happen, but is layers deep. If we can make their jobs a little bit easier with technology, that is how we help hoteliers deliver hospitality.
0: And I guess that, and that comes full circle back around to this whole idea of AI, because look, you you can fear it, but I don't think that genie's going back in the bottle. Or you can say, how can I have this new tool help me get 10 times better? Mm-hmm. How can I help how, use this tool to help me gain focus? How can I use this tool to help me not focus on what's not important?
1: Correct. Right.
0: As a as a support. Um,
1: sure, what so. Do you- yeah. Sorry. Go ahead.
0: No. So I was saying, since that, I remember at first talking to you about AI a year ago and just being like, "Oh my god, this is like crazy stuff." And then maybe six months later, it was really crazy, and then. I don't know, a few months ago I saw, I was like, okay, I'm not feeling as terrified by it um, because I do see it as a tool. And so how are you seeing the stakeholders that you're dealing with, whether it's at Salesforce or your customers or your customers' customers, like you said, are they going kind of uh, on on a similar arc with with respect to AI? And how are you seeing some of those Success stories of, of not fearing the reaper, so to speak?
1: Well, I think um, the first part of your question. So, uh, if I was to answer what's going on here at Salesforce, I think one of the things that bubbled up from our conversation and, you know, between then and now is um, we honed in on one of the most important aspects of new technology, which is trust. And it's, it's really about having access to these capabilities on a platform that is trusted. I think when we talked and there was, you know, AI being introduced, there was a lot of fear going around. And I think that Salesforce really addressed to that with it's actually our first value that the company was built on and that is trust. So we've moved into an era of what is trust management within the concept of AI and data. So number one, um, The first thing that kind of comes up is privacy. How is your data going to be safe? Is it on a trusted platform that is secure? And then how am I going to manage that data on this platform to be able to help me achieve whatever it is that I need to achieve? So I think that trust is one of the most important aspects of normalizing how you move forward with ai and data and technology new technology that helps you know these these customers be successful in the future
0: and then that also rolls back to that idea of repeatability and authenticity yeah because again those are in order to be centered on that it's it's really values driven so I agree. You know, in messing around with AI, sometimes it hallucinates or does these weird things. But if you have another filter of trust over all of that, mm-hmm. so that it's helping you focus on what needs to be focused on. Right. Um, so, let's I can just, see how that would help. Yeah. Right.
1: Let's just talk about an example there, right?
0: So make it real. Um,
1: Yeah. Between, you know, you and I talking and and now, uh, if you look at the world of service, you have conversational AI really making uh, its impact on how service is going to change and how call centers are going to become not just more productive, but more accurate at actually solving customers' um, issues. So just think of a typical company that is providing a service today. And you call in and the first thing that you are hit with is, you know, select one for this or select two for this or select three or just hold on the line. And the minute you make your selection, you're taken through more selections of what your issue is. Then you ask to verify yourself and you go ahead and do that. And at this point, you're probably screaming into the phone representative right? Because you're frustrated. Mm. You've been on the phone for 10 minutes going through this and that and the other, and you finally get to the person who is subject to your frustration. And because of trust and privacy and all of these checks and balances, etc., probably takes you through 35 to 50% of what you've already verified on the phone. Mm. It's more frustration, but that's like a really bog standard type of experience when you're calling in for service, right? Mm -hmm. So when you look at the world of conversational AI coming in, I'm not talking about conversational AI taking people's jobs, but I'm talking about the information that conversational AI can access to speed up that process of verifying you, speed up the process of what it is that you want, reroute you to the correct person to take care of your issue. But not only that, you step out of conversational AI and you start to look at AI ops. How are you helping the agent get better at serving you? Mm -hmm. What information does the agent need? To understand who they're speaking to, how they can help, and solve that problem much, much quicker. So you're shortening the amount of time that, you know, this particular Dan Ryan is on the phone trying to get service for cable. And you've gotten Dan to a a place where he can, you know, kind of immediately get resolution to his issue simply by employing a tool that can look at all of the data, make decisions of where to get Dan to, and execute on providing Dan with the right sort of person to solve their issue, and then providing that person with the right information to solve Dan's problem. That is the beauty of using AI to really assist and help in ways that we, never have done before or been, you know, ways that haven't been available before. That's a real life example.
0: Yeah, I, as you're saying that, it made me think, I saw uh, there was a conversation with, I think, Jamie Dimon, who's the CEO and chairman, I think he's the CEO and chairman of uh, of Chase, J.P. Morgan Chase. Mm-hmm. And they, they were talking about AI and he's like, and when you talk about stakeholders, it's not just the customer, but also Provider of the service, the 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 vendor, if you will. Yeah. Um, he was saying, look, and just using AI, I forget what they call it. Like it's like Lucy or Jeffrey or something. It's yes. some, it's a person's thing. <laughs> like they base it, and just implementing that call center information, they were able to save either five million calls or five million hours of mm-hmm. people's lives
1: mm-hmm.
0: from just people calling to ask what are, what their routing number is. Right. Right. And then that's just one little thing. And not many people call and ask for a routing number, but I can imagine it would just allow us all to spend time more time on what's more important and less time on what's less important.
1: Correct. Correct. Mm. So it's it's a fascinating area that has, you know, started to develop. And and when you look at the world of, of utilizing AI as a tool that actually helps you to get to a place, you just honed in on something incredible. So there's KPIs to be got. Mm. But think about now this intelligence that allows you to be able to go into your system and say a hundred people called in with the same issue that Dan had. And does that allow you to be able to go and address that issue so that issue doesn't exist anymore? And think about, yes, one is the revenue that is associated with, you know, saving customers from calling about that issue. Um, but it's also solving the problem around an agent who just sits there. Can you imagine if you were that agent that sits there, that takes calls on routing numbers, Mm. how satisfying is that job? Are we really thinking about the people who work, who need help to be able to enjoy providing service to others? This is a really important aspect. It's not just our industry, but our industry leads with that, right? We want to be there for guests. We want them to have a good experience. We want them to connect and have a really memorable unique time. So in leading with that, it's it's almost like we have to take care of the people who are working in hospitality as well. And when we're looking at new technology solutions, we understand there are risks around the privacy and newness of AI. So choose a system that you can trust. That's number one. Mm but don't just try and get repeatable solutions that help the customer which is more revenue for you do something for your employees that is going to help you retain them so that you can continue to deliver the level of hospitality that is you know expected from your guests i
0: com- i completely agree there because oftentimes We have these ways of doing things and oftentimes or many of the things that we have to do in our day-to-day work Mm -hmm. just in getting things done um it's not exactly the most engaging i bet if we drew a line down a piece of paper of what we like doing what we don't like doing we all have things we don't like doing and i think um i love how you said it promotes retention as well because there's always stuff on the side of the piece of paper that are just that we don't enjoy doing, but we have to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also a promise of technology. It's offload those things so that we, I always say we, as people, we just need to spend more time thinking and doing things that we're best at and being in that place as much as possible. Yeah. And are we ever going to be 100% in there? Maybe someday, but like, realistically, we should be spending 80% of our time doing what we're best at, right? Mm -hmm. And that should be trending to a a larger number as well. So that's why I'm now excited by all of this. And I don't know, I've always leaned into technology as an end user and leaned on technology to help do those things on the side of the paper that I don't like doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll do them, but I don't necessarily enjoy them. And I think it like all that, I don't know, all the stuff on that side of the paper is just, uh, its like it could be death by a thousand paper cuts. And why do we need to be doing that? Why, wh- Why if, if we're in our zone of genius, as we call it, we could be really imp- doing such a a more human impact and leaving a trail or a wake of impacted people behind us that yeah. will go on and impact more. So in a way, I'm hopeful that AI will help us be more human.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you you just hit the nail on the head right there. Can AI help us be more human? I think I don't
0: know. I hope so. I I, I, I hope so.
1: If it's implemented the right way, I think it can. Mm. Um, but this has to also be a very uh, conscious kind of approach to it, a meaningful Ooh. approach to it, and you know humanizing ai is really about the assessment of where it's needed versus where it's not Mm. and i think that that's an important aspect we started talking about you know systems that do a certain thing but many i see many um you know companies kind of like just going crazy with it and it's keeping up with the joneses and it's oh my competitor has this so i have to have it too but you haven't really assessed whether it's adding any value
0: right it's uh or
1: are you just wanting to be part of the hype
0: yeah
1: which creates more and more noise which makes it more and more difficult for people to ignore what is not important important and focus on the things that are really important So hospitality in a sense, I know I said that I wasn't defining it, but if I were to define hospitality, the first word that I would actually choose is intentional. Yes. It is intentional attention on what is important versus what is just noise. And how can you help your employees first, And then of course, guests, it's not about what it is that you do next. It's about creating memorable experiences. I have this, you know, phrase that I use, I'm pretty sure it irritates some of the people that I work with, but instead of what should you do next? I always say it's the last best experience. If you want a cheat sheet to how to deliver the best hospitality, can you at this point, this is a challenge for anyone who's listening to this. Can you, at this point, identify the last best experience that that particular guest had? And can you repeat it?
0: Totally. I, I always say like in providing custom, custom furniture to hotels, yeah, every project is different, right? Yeah. Everything is different and really, and just like what you're saying, it's, You're only as good as your last project. You know there could be longshoreman strikes, there could be COVID, there could be supply chain interruptions, there could be just a bad batch of glue that got in there and caused some things to delaminate. But you're only as good as your last project, and and when things do go sideways, there's also those are also opportunities Mm -hmm. to surprise and delight, yeah, and and make sure that they're always leaving. with the the, the best impression, even though if things got challenging, they're leaving with the best impression. I I always look at every challenge as an opportunity. And also in just like the physical product stuff, not so much technology, many people who produce from shoes to furniture to whatever, iPhones, stuff that's in any store you're gonna buy, they all say the hardest part is the last five miles. It's from Mm. the distribution center or the warehouse. To the final, to the a shelf or miles. to the room. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, those are the things that you just can't control, but you can put so much effort around making that a more thoughtful and intense. I love the intentionality. It's yeah. And maybe that, and intent, to be intentional about something, you have to be focused. Mm-hmm.
1: To be focused
0: about something, you have to be not paying attention to all the non important things.
1: Yeah.
0: So, and I think like looking at, Animals, I feel like humans are probably or can't not. They are not always, but they can be, and probably are more often than not the most intentional of all of our animal kingdom.
1: Yeah, so being intentional is 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 really required to be able to deliver the last best experience. And mm-hmm. and think about it, you said there are things that can get in the way. There plenty of things that can get in the way of that. But if I stayed at a resort that had a really nice restaurant and that was my last best experience, the meal that I had at the restaurant, and I actually filled that in in the survey. So, you know, the hotel or resort knows this. Now, between then and now, maybe they got a new chef. But to be able to use that information and say, we know that the last time that you were here, you rated the restaurant and the meal that you had really well. And we'd like you to know that we have a new chef and we Mm. really value your opinion if you came in to the restaurant and tried out his menu. Now we know that that doesn't always happen. What happens is you rated something really high, things happened in between, there's a new chef at the restaurant and you went into the restaurant in your next visit and nobody told you and the meal was horrible. Mm. Do you see how being intentional actually uses the information that is available to be able to kind of like deliver on what it is that I remember most with what changed in between then and now, and then offer me something that is going to engage me in a way that will kind of like balance out my expectation. Mm. But the question is what are hotels doing with that data? How are you uh, making if- it meaningful and using it intentionally and the only way that you can actually do this at scale is with the right technology
0: yeah i think unless you're really good at going through filing cabinets or um always going into like people's desktop folders on their on their computers and like really looking at all that stuff because it's all lost or there are there notes or scribbled pieces of paper um there has to be a way to and technology is that to pull it all together so that we can find those kpis that are important to all the stakeholders and continually improve from that
1: right Um, and then be able to personalize at a level that is actually meaningful and intentional because at the end of the day all you want is for that particular consumer to remember who you are and what you made them feel Mm. Totally. Now, it's very hard to do this at scale and do it well, which is why technology should always be looked at as a tool that helps you to get there. Hmm.
0: So we've done a lot of time looking backwards as far as like where we are, why it's difficult, what kind of a glimpse of what the promised land may be. Um, As you're looking forward, what's exciting you most about what you see out there?
1: Um, I get really excited with the unexpected. So I think that the, um, the advent of when we last spoke and, you know, AI's newness and that sort of thing coming into the fold, uh, versus where is that we are going, um, I started this, you know, conversation to say that we were in no man's land Mm -hmm. right now. But I believe that after that initial excitement, everybody's had their heads down and they're working on things and refining things and being creative. So what I'm really excited about is the opening of, you know, Pandora's box where all of these great startups, all of these great companies who've been working on solutions opens up and starts to really showcase how these things that we're talking about or these areas that we're talking about um, have become real and Mm -hmm. are being used not just by corporations and you know by companies who are in travel and hospitality but also by users you know consumers guests travelers etc and starting to get real feedback of all of this happening that's what really excites me I want to see what has gone wrong I want to see what's gone right I want to see all of the creativity that is coming out of this start to be used in a very tangible way that's what really excites me about you know the future
0: and do you know do you know what all that creativity is of taking all this new, this brave new world of information and everything? That creativity and creating these new startups and these new platforms and making this all useful, that's humanity. That's what it is, human. Yeah. That's le- that's creating the focus. The the people are creating the focus, identifying where there's a pain point or a bottleneck and leveraging their creativity. And taking technology and AI, if that's part of technology, so that we can shorten the journey towards all the different stakeholders that are involved in anything. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm actually very excited about that as well. Um, and I think the faster that we can get to that point where we're um, reaping what's been sowed, and really show tangible things of like how this can impact us all positively, so yeah. we can spend so we can spend time on that side of the paper that we enjoy and are best at um i think that it portends a very exciting future
1: yeah i think ai will oh i believe that ai will become even more contextually aware and adaptive now i don't believe in hospitality that it's going to replace human touch Mm. um but hospitality professionals have to be freed up of mundane tasks Mm. and that is what is going to allow them to kind of like focus on building deeper relationships with guests so the future isn't about ai versus humans it's about ai and humans working together to offer unprecedented levels of you know service and personalization, and hospitality. And that's what I'm really excited to start seeing coming out of the stories. It's really about helping us determine where AI fits and where it doesn't.
0: Well, I've enjoyed this so much and I feel like we need to talk. We, I feel like we need to do another episode on this because part of uh, the trepidation for me of, of having you on to talk about technologies. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but it's, uh, <laughs> but I feel like in talking to you, made me feel safe about saying some stupid things. And we're um, not necessarily stupid, but just being able to ask stupid questions. Uh, and because this is all, all really new to me. And I just appreciate you being on. Um, and so thank you. Like, how can people, if, uh, if they want to get in touch with you or find out more, how can they, what's the good way for them to connect? Human to human. So
1: human to human. Um, so what's coming up for uh, me work-wise is the greatest show on earth. Um, actually it's an event called Dreamforce and Salesforce has this annual event for our customers and our prospects to come in and you know take a look at all of the technology and all of the you know concepts that we have, and connect with each other and give back and just have a really superb time. So we have this every year towards you know uh, the fall um, in San Francisco. So if anyone wants to connect with me, I will be there live and direct. Um, in all of your way humanity. That- In all of my humanity and my technological proudness. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, if folks want to connect, you know, they can always uh, find me on LinkedIn. Um, I, I, I am determined to be known by two emojis, which is the dying of laughter and the love heart. Uh, that is what I want to be known for. So you'll see that on all of my posts, it's hard to to miss it. So you can always connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, If not, you know, come to Austin, Texas, where I reside. And you can often catch me at a lot of art and technology shows here.
0: Wonderful. Um, Well, Again, I want to say thank you, Jackie, for being on here. And I do feel like we've kind of only scratched the surface because normally I don't talk about technology, but I I do want to learn more and more. So thank you for being like one of the first forays into it. Um, I need to just get comfortable and figure out where I need to focus on so that I can be more human talking about it and figuring out how this can help our listeners think about what's coming next. So a wholehearted thank you to you.
1: Thank you so much, Dan, Ryan. You know how I absolutely love talking to you. We've got so much in common that we discovered as well, which is, you know, uh, I believe that there are no coincidences. Mm -hmm. Uh, I truly believe in opportunities to connect with other human beings. And I think that I definitely found that with you. So thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor speaking to you.
0: Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. And also, I'd be remiss to not thank our listeners, because without you guys tuning in every week, we wouldn't be here talking to Jackie. I'd be talking to her privately, and we wouldn't get to share our learnings uh, and impact everyone else in a positive way. So if this changed your idea on hospitality and technology within hospitality, please pass it along, because we just grow by word of mouth. And thank you, everyone.